0: to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the
2: corner. Gets up center! Perry! Scoot! Corey Perry! Well, able to shake away from Solani. It's away to-
0: oh my god we gotta win oh my god I'm so happy <laughs> against the stanley cup champs oh my yes, god unreal great <laughs> unreal over the great falls down and uh, the ducks stand triumphantly over his carcass at center ice welcome back everybody yeah. it's uh jane silent bob taking over the post game show tonight patrick and jason uh are mm-hmm. back in full force eddie is uh You know, doing Can Canadian things in Canada, doing you know whatever he's got going up there. I don't know, man.
2: He's just mad about Miller and uh, the fact that uh, now he's the best American-born goalie.
0: Yeah, I like how he took a slight to us for for putting that in the show notes. Like that's not important mentioning it. (laughs) Like so, before we hop into the show, everybody, everyone who's listening here. I mean, yeah, the Ducks won five-two over the Capitals, and we're definitely going to get get into that. But we're putting together notes. One of us usually takes game notes, and then we all share into the doc. And before we go live, Eddie's like, "Oh, you just you just had to sneak in." Ryan Miller's now the winningest American goaltender, and I'm like, did you yeah, just like, say what you like, just like, said?"
2: We had to like slide it in there, like it, it didn't it wasn't worthy of the notes for Edward. Sorry.
0: Yeah, sorry. It's it's not Terry Sawchuck, Shaw- or or Martin Bergdor, or Patrick Waugh, like. Yeah. Sorry, you guys. You know, knew about hockey. You know, way, way, way before everyone else. And now you're jealous that somebody's coming close. I mean, yeah, we're sneaking up. If it helps, he was being compared amongst Americans. Like, there's still yes. a whole other Canadian level that he hasn't hit yet. Apparently, <laughs> we love you. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Ducks, Jason, uh, come away with a five to two win in what is Bob Murray's third career head coaching game. Um, yep. very interesting one to say the least tonight. It, it you was... didn't do
2: air quotes for head coaching.
0: Oh, supreme, you, you know, overlord, lead. <laughs> <that's> executive <it. laughs> vice president, head coach, yeah. general manager, Bob Murray, everything. Yes,
2: yeah, BM.
0: <laughs> yeah, he comes into like uh, you know to get a sniff of what's going on on the team, and he's just secretly trying to cancel the tank. We were all ready to, to tank here we're all you know gunning it let's get that high draft pick. let's and see here comes bobby
2: i'm partially partially torn on that because i think on on paper the talent we had is actually decent enough and we're just completely underperforming this whole season and now we're kind of actually playing to what i think our potential is it's still not upper echelon but it's, everything is better than what it used to be, at least in this game, and uh, even, you know, some parts the other games before. Not Boston necessarily. But.
0: There was spurts of it against against the Bruins, but it definitely wasn't like tonight. I mean, I think they caught the Caps yeah, on a bad night was too. Tonight different, for sure. The Caps didn't look yeah, like themselves. Weird. But I'm not trying to take away the win yeah. from the Ducks because I thought they played much better hockey today.
2: Yeah, they might have taken advantage of. Um, you know, Washington, like you said, they, they didn't look all that, that quick, so I couldn't really tell if it was uh, the Ducks were playing all that much better or Washington was kind of playing average. Uh, I think they said now Washington is like 8, 9, and 3 of their last uh, what was it, 15 games or whatever. I can't do math right now, 20 games. So, um, you know, that's that's mediocre. They came off of a big win over uh, San Jose, but that was back on Thursday. So they've had rest so yeah, I'm not quite sure why they looked a little slow, but uh, I mean we'll take it.
0: Winless against Anaheim <laughs> this year. The Ducks have scored eleven goals against them, you know, not a big deal. But yeah, uh... two games. Take it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Keep coming back. Why can why can they be in our division?
0: Let's hop into the pregame notes. Ryan Miller, as we just talked about there at the beginning of the show, gets his start, a first start in months, um, coming off that knee injury he suffered. Oh, I forgot yeah it it's been a it's been a minute since Miller's seen nah. some NHL action but he gets his first start they said in the broadcast almost 70 days um and then uh a curious situation there as Daniel Sprong gets scratched healthy scratched tonight there by Bob Murray
2: yeah, uh, and they had said uh, that that's kind of one of the things that uh, Bob Murray's going to do is start holding players accountable. And so now he's a little bit closer, and he might be able to see things a little bit differently, and he's willing to go ahead and sit him because uh, he didn't, I guess, like uh, something, some sort of aspect, or maybe want to give somebody else a crack at it. And that's uh, looking pretty good at this point because, I mean, the team was, was flying, and quite honestly, almost every line, even the defense was looking good, and I don't say that often.
0: Right, yeah, <laughs> <It> just they <laughs> have hasn't not. Yeah, hasn't looked good as a team D. So he's healthy scratch. The way the lines were set up uh, today too, I've I've liked it. I really liked you know the injection of youth they brought into the lineup uh, with, with keeping Max Jones and then Troy Terry up. Um, I thought it was interesting they put him with Adam Henrique, who by the way had a whale of a game tonight, uh, oh. along with um, oh my gosh Jacob Silverberg here. Silverberg yeah. on that line with Grant and Shore, and then Richie Kessler and Rowney at the bottom. But then they brought back the magical pair on D, which was Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson again. You know, Murray's been doing that. I don't know why. why. Why did it? We'll get to it in post game, I guess. But like, I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say it real quick. Why did it take all year to see this? Like, Bob, if you knew this was gonna work, why were you letting Randy destroy everything? Yeah, no, I I, I don't think because uh, at least from what
2: he said in the past too is he's always been I'll put the players I think are gonna work, but I leave it to the coach to make that decision. Well, my thing is is why did Carlisle either fight it so bad or why are the new assistant coaches now realizing that oh hey maybe this was a good idea we can abandon the fifty-two previous game idea and uh you know so it's it's kind of weird who was making that final call and who's going to be on defense because i always thought it was maybe one of the assistant coaches because it just wouldn't make sense that randy carlisle would move away from what worked the season before
0: yeah i know it was very strange it's good to see um that him him bring that back because i felt like they've looked good together they've looked pretty good together um, and yeah, got-
2: they're still not quite at the same click as no. they had been last season, but I mean it's three, four games in, um, and they're they're getting better and they're making a little bit smarter decisions. We'll just kind of see where it goes from here. But I, I've been happier with them for sure.
0: Yeah, and you got to hand out uh, a nice little high five there to Cam Fowler. Had a nice game tonight too. I felt like he didn't look he didn't look awful. He kind of knew what he was doing tonight, <laughs> which was nice to see. Had a nice, pretty pass, um, yeah. which we'll get to in a bit. But let's get to the first period before we wait too much longer. Um, Ducks come out flying, Jay. I felt like this first period, the beginning two minutes, you know, they had a lot of energy. That's uh, something we've seen since Bob Murray's taken over the team. I feel like the Ducks don't come out flat as much. Yeah. And I think tonight was, you know, no different. I felt like they came out and dominated the first couple of minutes of play.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's been fun, and uh, you know the first first couple of minutes. I mean, uh, you know, short of uh, what we'll be talking about next, uh, the the Ducks were out shooting them like fourteen to three through the first thirteen minutes of that game, and getting tons of scoring chances, and, and either just missing or hopefully coming up with some big saves. But uh, yeah, out of the gate like that, you don't see the Ducks up fourteen to three in shots uh, ever this season. So uh, it was a very nice change of pace for us.
0: Yeah, and and even if it was a little bit of um, the Ducks getting, I guess, long-distance shots and not in from the house, it was nice to see them control the puck that often. And and I think they're just at the point right now where if you get enough pucks on net, it's that age-old adage where you put some pucks Mm -hmm. on net, you score some goals. You know, the old Jim Fox (laughs) BS. But (laughs) uh, it's true. It's true. Get the pucks to the front of the net, bang home something. It was good to see them take control of the game for the most part in the first period. But... You can't stop Ovi every night, and uh, <laughs> Ovechkin doing Ovechkin things. A, a weird power play here because – or a weird call, rather. Lindholm stands up Ovi, like he's yeah. kind of iffy on taking the body, goes to take the body, leaves the leg a little out. So it's kind of hard to blame. The official Ovi jumps over it and falls. Mm-hmm. It looked like a like looked like looked a tripping or a clipping play, and uh, Caps yeah. got on the power play there.
2: Yeah, and uh, oddly enough, uh, you know, Ovi gets tripped up. He ends up uh, – from his office, ends up squeaking one uh, by Miller. This one actually happens at the exact two-minute mark, so it doesn't technically count as a power play goal. But if you want to count the other shot he had on that power play, like I said, through the first 13 minutes of the game, they had three shots. Two of them really were on the power play. They only had one even-strength shot through the first 13 minutes of the game, which uh, just kind of shows at least a little bit of where the play was directed most of the time. So uh, it's hard. You know he's going to shoot from there. It doesn't matter if he's open. It's just how quickly and how powerful he's able to to shoot it through. And Miller, credit, almost got there. Just just squeezed by. And uh, he's just he's, he's done it 40 times this season. So, uh, you know, I think only Wayne Gretzky's had more 40-goal seasons in his career. And so OB just has to do it two more times to catch him on that one.
0: Just two more. Just eighty more. Just two Obi.
2: more. Just eighty more. Hey. He's hit they said he's hit thirty goals every single season of his career, and that includes lockout seasons. So the dude is either going to hit somewhere in thirty to forty to fifty range. So I mean this year fifty's not out of the question.
0: It's almost like you want to <laughs> fault Ryan Miller for that goal, but then you realize that Ovi just victimizes every goalie, no matter how good they are, from that same yep. spot with that same shot. He gets so much on that shot it's such a heavy shot that I mean Miller has yeah. it high and it still trickles in between the arm and the body it's like you almost want to be like that's a goal." oh it's Ovi it's not a bad goal that's that's legit Ovi does that all day
2: <laughs> yeah it doesn't it almost doesn't matter how skilled the goalie is about the only goalie in the league today that can't get scored on on an OB shot like that in a game is Holpe mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> other that's about that, it uh, they, almost everybody has been scored on that way with uh, Ove, it's just kind of his his office is home and until they make slap shots illegal i just don't see it really slowing down
0: no it's not he's he's a monster yeah, it, it doesn't matter what you, cow, what you do move on <laughs> exactly um so we move on here throughout the first period uh Lindholm with a golden opportunity later in the first able to walk in it actually squeezes through uh Braden Beast, but uh, he doesn't quite have the ov power behind that shot and it's able to be cleared out from the net before going <laughs> yeah. in um just a couple of notes here go ahead sorry let me cut you off on that one no
2: no no I was just saying yeah he, he made the save he got enough of it and uh it was a little bit unfortunate because it, it just when it hit it was kind of on edge and it just stopped right in the crease instead of like rolling somewhere right. where it might have been it just like stopped right there and then there was no one around for it but yeah he, he Ovi the best at it Lindholm
0: home did his best impression ish yeah close not <laughs> really yeah whatever <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not as muscular he's he's not as crazy Man, and is still with all, all the uh, the russian power <laughs> that ovechkin has yeah uh throughout the rest of his first period i feel like the ducks played well um i i notated here that you know henrique and the kids i thought they looked good right off the hop um max jones has been very impressive to me in his call-up here in Anaheim, it, it's I was kind of worried about that. I was a little sketch behind the Ducks' idea of let's pull the kids away from from something successful and going into a Calder Cup playoff when they have a chance, and instead bring them into this dumpster fire. And they're like, "Here, have fun. Here's some NHL time. Yeah. Hope it's fun." But uh, they haven't looked out of place. Terry and Jones look good. I, I but I honestly feel like Jones is really noticeable lately. No?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, Jones has got uh, that big body, and he's able to go to the net a but lot He has the speed, too. Yeah. more Less than that, I mean, he's got, he's got that mentality of, I'm going to go to the net. I'm going to be aggressive. And that's kind of something the Ducks have definitely lacked, and what we're all thirsting for. So when we see it, we encourage it, we applaud it, and we want more of it terry in my opinion has looked really good he he's far more confident in his abilities and getting the pucks or shots towards the net and just kind of doing little small things and quick uh you know both of them are obviously quick and they have good chemistry together so when they're out on a line together they can make henrik look good
0: oh yeah for sure and henrik <laughs> had a great game right so let's Absolutely. not take that away from the two <laughs> but uh the first period ends ducks out shoot him 15 to 7 going on to the second period a little worried. Second periods have not been the Ducks' friend, and I don't know, man. It feels like the better part of the decade, even decade, whether they were good or not. It just they've just never played well yeah. in the second period, and of course it would just start with Ovechkin getting a clear cut breakaway in on oh, Ryan wow. Miller. Miller is able to outweigh him, get the leg pad on it, um, a little bit overzealous on the uh, the pinch in of the blue line by Lindholm and Manson there, huh? <laughs> yeah, that,
2: that that was one I saw happen. I'm no like, no 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 don't do that <laughs> And then I was like, you know, I was it was high high risk uh and um you know small reward. It just like even if they kinda kept it, there really wasn't a whole lot to stay there, so so why risk being both caught and then having it just thrown up. I mean, but that's clear cut from the blue line in. Uh, you know, good on Miller to just kind of stay with it, get those uh when you kind of come in and it goes to a deke and you're kind of down and out and you're not with it the idea is that you whatever side they're going you get your skates and you're down on the ground or on the ice you you go as quickly as you can to the post get your skate to the post that's what you have to do and that's what he did and he barely got enough of it but he sealed it off at just the right time so that's kind of what goalies will have to do on breakaways uh, that become deeks.
0: well yeah on that so, play like you, know. you like you said uh you know not a big reward on that risk. High risk play. Lindy was already in the in the offensive zone, and Manson still stepped up and tried to shoot the puck in. So, dangerous play. But Miller is able to come up with the stop, and I felt like he fooled Ovechkin. Because Miller went in and dropped that leg pad first, yeah. and Ovi uh-huh. was like, what is he doing? Why did yeah. he already drop down? And look, he was gearing up to to go in for like a glove save, and then Ovi shows back, and he was like, I got that deke. And he just slides yeah. in and makes the save there.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I've done that. I've done that as a goalie sometimes. It's weird. You almost just read the play a certain way. And then if, if it's in a certain situation at a certain time, uh, you can read a play and kind of almost force a shooter into a spot by making him think you're down. So he went down and, you know, had his knee down, but then his, he was already kind of planting his right skate to dig into the ice and help him push so he can get to that post. So he was kind of trying to show that he was down, and since Oveston was kind of on that side, he kind of went with that deke. So it was kind of one of those things where he probably went like, all right, I'm going to just kind of lower this and take away his five-hole chance and make him try and go around or up high or something. And it, it was a good move to push him to the side, and he very quickly was able to get to that post and seal it off. So, yeah, you're right. He, he more or less kind of helped that play happen a little
0: bit like try he was to he, like he was gonna way. try to make Ovi shoot high blocker I felt like on that play he was gonna try to make him go far side and he wasn't able to do it so Ovi realized he, yeah. he kind of ran out of room there and uh Bombay and uh Brett by the way are laughing at you saying yeah you're just like Ryan Miller Jason
2: <laughs> I am totally no I'm just saying that's what goalies do I'm not saying I do that I can't do that
0: <laughs> in my beer league I make goalies... players bite like I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them something but take it away that's always yeah to say.
2: Yeah, Uh, sorry, sorry, I'm not up to their standards of uh, what a beer league goalie should be
0: (laughs) Unbelievable Uh, Moving on here, the Ducks give up another partial break to Backstrom this time, not Ovechkin And I think Miller didn't know where that was, but Backstrom tried to sneak that in five-hole on him But he was able to cover that up And then the Capitals would ice the puck shortly after And that would turn into the Ducks' first goal of the night What Mm. a play there Henrique winning the winning the puck back along the wall. Gets fed up to Montour, who just bombs a shot in on net, going high. So Holpe, of course, mm-hmm. is going to play that low, cover the ice. Montour gets a stick – or uh, Henrique gets a stick on it as it's on its way in. So it goes from high to low and bounces right by Braden Holpe. Not a chance in hell he's stopping that one. Now it's 1-1.
2: Yeah, there's no way Holpe really kind of stops that one. I mean, obviously, if I was in net, I'd easily have seen that deflection of coming course. before. Yeah. And I would have been in perfect position. In fact, I would have had it, shot it down, and scored on Miller. I'm that good. But uh, yeah, that one's a deflection right out in front off of a hard shot. So it got put in a really good spot and uh hope he was you could see his arm coming up to try and catch catch that puck and then, then it went back and was, okay, well yeah, you well, just chopped up the you deflection and uh, and that's it. <laughs> no, so it's a good goal, let it go.
0: Yeah, what are you gonna do? And it it was something that uh, was just a much needed goal for Anaheim. Like, you feel Mm -hmm. like they've had chances like that, and the shot goes high, misses the net, uh, gets stopped in front. They're just not getting pucks through. The offense has been so bad uh, lately on getting uh, chances in on goaltenders. So it was nice to see the Ducks catch a break there and, you know, get a clean deflection. Perfect, perfect deflection there by Henrique. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, like you said, it, yeah, snake bit uh, is you know a common term where it seems like we, we're getting some of those chances. They're just not going in. We didn't used to get a lot of them, but we were getting a lot of them this game. It felt like um, so. Second period didn't start necessarily all that great, but it never felt like we were playing bad. We weren't playing, uh, or we were, well, we weren't playing bad. We were playing well, but we weren't getting rewarded for it. So it's nice to see one of those odd ones go in. For us instead of against us, which seems to happen a lot too.
0: Of course. And, and you know what? The Ducks would continue to get chances in the second period. What a spectacular save by Brayden Holpe on that Getzloff chance. Getzloff down low. Could have <laughs> tapped that in, coulda woulda, shoulda, but you know, Holpe doing Holpe things there in the second yeah. period and keeps the you know, the score tied right there off off the side of the net. Beautiful save. But-
2: yeah, and that's exactly what we we're just talking about. Is like that one should have gone in and they ran into an elite goalie like Holpe, who does the splits, loses the stick, and still makes just just barely on the, the heel of the uh the skate. And it was uh yeah, you know, but the only thing you'd wish is maybe either shot it right away, didn't handle it a little bit, or if he kind of put it up high. But at the same time, that looks like a slam dunk even when he shoots it, and it's just that half of a half of a second that hope he's able to get over.
0: Yeah, what are you going to do at that point? You, you yeah, guys yeah. up did everything you possibly could other than exactly, chip it up. Yeah. I mean, that's tough to do. 99 times
2: out that's in. So you just – it's the other way. You take your cat to a whole piece and go, yeah. All right. That's kind of why he's uh, one of the best.
0: Oh, and, and let's be real for a minute. Getzloff's used to feeding those pucks to players, not used to receiving those <laughs> like, passes surprise! to score. Yeah, he's not used to trying to bury those. Surprised <laughs> he to try to pass it back. Uh, the Ducks will keep on the pressure. Drop pass it. drop pass to, to Backstrom. <laughs> strong shifts continue. Shores uh, line with a strong shift. The kid line again with Henrique, strong shift. Um, and then the ducks who keep up the pressure. And then the, the weirdest goal of the night by far has to be this this one here. Uh, Lindholm's able to knock a loose puck in, and keeps it into the <laughs> into the blue line there. Feeds Silverberg, who's on top of the crease by himself. By the way, yeah. and there's no capital around him. Silverberg, all in one motion, accepts the pass, launches it back into the high slot to Henriku streaking in by himself, which yeah. is really strange. And then we see the broken controller. Alexander Ovechkin decide not to skate and stop anybody. He's literally has his stick at his side and just coasts in, not defending he's not, anybody. Henrik not feeds leaning in.
2: in. He's not and, and no effort whatsoever. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> I love I love it when he
2: does that. He's already scored my <laughs> goal. So Screw you
0: guys. I don't play defense. Uh, yeah, uh, right? that doesn't matter. It, uh, and that
2: was part of the problem. It looked like he was about to. I think he was looking to you know flee the zone and be you know get that pass. And then when it didn't happen, he's still kind of like. Well, maybe we'll get it back. And he's like, oh, I'll just be in the area <laughs> at this point.
0: Uh, whatever. Uh, and then Silverberg gets the puck off a great pass by Henrik and just taps it in off the post. Hope he's just kind of like, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do at this up, point? He's,
2: just like, he's sitting on his butt just looking around like, really, guys?
0: <laughs> There's Someone? nobody around him. I don't know if they, yeah. took a, they took a page out of Marty Wilford's book on defense there for the Ducks and just decided <laughs> to play that one there because that was brutal by the Capitals. Great opportunistic play there by the Ducks to, you know, to cash in. Ballsy pass by Henrique because I was like, oh, if you pass that and they don't score, that's, that's brutal. Ballsy pass by
2: Silverberg. And by there Silverberg. Was no, there was no <laughs> one within 15 feet of him, and he's in front. He could have tried three or four dekes, maybe even five before anyone got within a couple of feet of him. So he could have tried to do something. He was flat-footed, but it looked like he had that play in his mind to send it back out to Henrique, who was kind of coming in with speed. Um, and then, yeah, ballsy move from Henrique to send it back to Silverberg, and Silverberg was almost caught. He almost doesn't even put it in. He hits it off the post and in. That would have been one of those things again where if it hits the post and bounces out. It doesn't out, go like, in. Really? really <laughs> had to be us but uh but it ends up being uh highlight real goal yeah you know, nothing whole uh, whole piece is going to do on that one that's just horrible defense oh of that's course how i play nhl 19 <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that's the, the thing about the ducks right here is like if they're a team that's at the top of the league scoring all the time if they make something look pretty like that and miss you're like eh, whatever not a big yeah. deal but a team who can't we'll score chance that's passing the puck like that you're just like please please go in oh god please go in i don't want to deal with this later so yeah it worked out yeah, great because
2: that'd be a killer if they don't bury that one that would just absolutely suck
0: <laughs> and for those people and it's fun to make fun of Ovi that don't understand that defending's not his game like he's you know they, they people get people accuse him of being like a one-dimensional player he you know, he does is score goals i'm like yeah but he's the best at it so i think that's okay if you just have Ovechkin to score a bunch of goals, that's what he does better than anybody else in the NHL. I'm okay with him not knowing how to defend well. I'm okay yeah. with that. He's
2: he's
0: not.
2: He's just solely focused on offense. He's also focused on being physical and physically dominating games. So he has multiple dimensions to what he has. Uh, But he's so dominating in that that you let pretty much almost everything else slide. Every now and again, he he kind of picks himself up and, you know, hustles and gets back on a play. You just don't see it that often. And on a game and a day like today, kind of felt like he was trying to look to add to that 40 goals on the season more than he was trying to uh, stop the lowly Ducks. You you can't kind of blame him either (laughs) because the Ducks are not a team that really scores all that much. He probably wasn't
0: worried about it. He's like, they're going to miss it. He was like,
2: nah, nah, I hope he's got this. I was like, oh, another pass. Oh, another pass. Damn. All
0: right. Well, (laughs) all right. Okay, now we're losing. Okay. (laughs) What else?
2: (laughs) I'll just go out and score two more.
0: So, and then a somewhat controversial goal goes in a little bit later. This one by the Capitals to tie it up 2-2. Carlson with a shot from the blue line didn't look like an ultra dangerous shot I was kind of surprised Miller kind of lost it I know there was a tiny bit of traffic in front Lindholm lifts Ovi's stick the broadcast seems to think it was deflected there I didn't see a change in direction I think Hayward's blind yeah
2: Hayward they have that one angle that's from behind Miller and from that one the, the puck looks like it it makes you know a, a quick turn almost right as it gets to those guys and their sticks are going up. You look at it from the other one, their sticks are way above where the puck is by the mm-hmm. time it reaches them when you're kind of looking from the sideboards, the shot is actually fluttered. So it's one that's end over end. What happens with that is it can dip, it can turn left, it can turn right, it just depends on it. And that's where the problem was is this shot was going well high and then dips and shoots to the left, and you can watch it just coming. So it's almost like an optical illusion where it looks like it hits something and goes, but it literally just at that exact moment is when it decided to do a flop over to this way, and it barely hits the bottom of the crossbar, goes down. It's easy to fool Miller because his glove can be up here, and all of a sudden it just goes way left and then dips down, and now you're trying to track something high and in the middle. It just So it's just... A fluky goal. It's not one that's really easy to to find. It's almost like a deflection. It's just hard to read where that puck's going on shots like that. It was just end over end. Those are those of their killers.
0: Would you were you worried about the elbow in the corner? People were making a fuss about it on Twitter. Tom Wilson came in for an elbow and hit Derek Grant on the play where the puck goes up the wall. If you watch the replay, they both go oh, into the corner. Yeah. It was a hit. I didn't really see like a like a chicken wing. I mean, he just he came in and, and shouldered him and I, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't too upset about
2: it. Tom, Tom Wilson's a big guy. So whether it's an elbow or not, generally speaking, if he crunches you into the boards, you're probably going down. And uh, he was, he was uh, you know, doing Tom Wilson things. Uh, you know he, he creates space for people. He uh, is kind of there as an in, intimidation factor because he is such a big guy and a hitter and a fighter if he needs to. Uh, and he crunched, crunched Grant, and ends up causing the turnover that gets the the puck right to to Carlson, who flings it home. So um, you can call it borderline, but uh, it didn't didn't strike me as anything too terrible. No, could and have let's called make a penalty, no mistake about
0: about Tom Wilson. Like he's he's done some dumb things, and he's paid a pretty price for it, especially this season, deservedly so with the suspensions. But there's not a single GM in the NHL who wouldn't want him on their team. Uh, He's the kind of guy that you want floating around scary, going into corners when he's on his game, not trying to headhunt. But when he's on his game and can play, that guy can play and he's a good power forward. When he's chicken winging guys flying through the zone like this, that's a little bit of a problem. You don't want to yeah, do that when
2: he's running into goalies, like he does later in the game. Ah, Perry um, <laughs> was there too. He kind of be like, Whoa. I know yeah, we can talk about that now because I don't really fault him too much on it. Uh, but yeah, uh, you get to spend enough. You'll get a reputation and the people are kind of looking at what you're doing and look at your game and trying to look for where you cross the line. So people might be looking a little bit too into that. You're right. Most teams and GMs and fans would really like a clean version of Tom Wilson on their team. Uh, not for what they're paying him, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely uh, they, they the key. wouldn't mind having a guy there.
0: You don't want to <laughs> yeah. pay $5 million for 35 points? That's strange. Yeah, and if he's on
2: another team that's not with Ovechkin and uh, um, um, Kuznetsov, it's a little bit more difficult to see if he can even get close to that in points. So,
0: but that, that, Yeah, no, I agree with you. So getting out of the second period, it's all tied up to two shots or 25-17 in favor of Anaheim. Getting into the third period here. So the Ducks have a power play in the beginning of the third period and somehow cash in on it. Unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable to me. Hope he makes a mistake. <laughs> a big mistake in front. Uh, there's a scramble in front of the net. And he starts to swim rather than sit put and build the wall on the crease. He reaches for a puck and slides a leg back to go to cover. And at that exact moment, Adam Henry <laughs> pokes the puck. And it goes yeah. right by Brayden Holpe, and that's all she wrote. That's a 3-2 game now for Anaheim. Tiss, tis Holpi, tis, play your position. Don't go swimming.
2: <laughs> I think it was. I think that whole play was just a bunch of broken plays all kind of together. Oh, the puck was uh, balanced. It
0: was like a ping-pong
2: ball in the middle. It was everywhere. There were legs everywhere. Henrique actually gets an initial shot that Holpe actually gets with his pad, and then it sits about a foot or two. And that's scary no man's land for a goalie because you have to reach way down there to go get it, and you have to do it quick. And you gotta if you look at that replay Henrique does an amazing job he actually like sticks his stick in between a <laughs> defender and pokes it just before the glove goes down and it goes right past him on the far side you can see hopepi going damn it because I, I know that's just like when you're trying to grab it and you just you're trying as quick as you can because you know you're leaving yourself just a little bit open but he played the percentage of trying to cover it otherwise he's gonna he's gonna have more rebounds and more chaos and so I think he was just instinct go to grab missed and Henrique did an awesome job getting in there very quick like a surgeon just sliced in there boom goal you're, so, you're
0: right you could probably totally see it on his face because he's hope he is literally like this like waiting 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 and then he's like I'm gonna I grab mean,
2: it <laughs> yeah, there it is <laughs>
0: yeah and before
2: he, he loses like, oh, it I mean because he could oh. easily lose it and all those legs and then he's guessing and swimming where it's gonna go after that at least he sees it it's close enough to try and grab and he's just frustrated he couldn't get there quick enough
0: a brutal play for him. That's that's unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> really. So, yeah. the Ducks go up 3-2 to two on that. Perry and Getzloff getting the assist. That's Corey Perry's first point back huh. and first point yes. this season. How, how have you how felt have you, about his play? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Um no, I asked you first. <laughs> I don't know. I really felt like this was probably his best game and not just because of the, the score sheet. I just felt like he looked his best. But it's tough to tell. I mean, I would rather come and revisit and give like a real legit opinion on Corey Perry, who I've been very critical of um, prior to this season, after about a couple of weeks. And to see how he's done. They're going to go on the road here, see how he does on the road. Um, I'd say give it 10 to 12 games before you come in and attack Corey Perry's play. That's a tough yeah. injury to come back from. That's a reconstructed <laughs> knee. He's missed over 50 games. Like He can't just come in and just crap all over his play. I just Even if he didn't score tonight and didn't play great tonight, I would be like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. I, I would love to s- come back and revisit this in a couple weeks.
2: Yeah, I, I've been pleasantly surprised. I'm not saying he's, he's knocking it out of the park. He's not scoring every night, you know. But um, like you said, being a little critical. I was critical before the season started um, after the injury. I was like, you're, you're not going to say anything close to the same uh, Corey Perry. Um, and I, I think I've seen – pretty close to the Corey Perry from, from last year, but able to put in some goals, be, you know, a little bit, he's a more of a pest in front of the net now and has more of a willingness to drive to the net that I've seen in the last couple of seasons. Oh, for sure. Good, which is good. And that's what I want to see him do. Um, Be nice. If some of those goals start going in or get some assists, but he's, he's been in the right spot. And that's what I've been happy. was, I was afraid he'd shy away or he'd just be on the fringes. At least he's in there. And kind of making a pest of himself, and uh, he landed right on front on Tom Wilson's head after Wilson uh, <laughs> ran course. over oh, Miller. Yeah. So yeah. it was going to keep going after him too, and then he saw it was a penalty. So I was like, all right, I'll get up. <laughs> oh, you can go away. It's so, okay, I'll, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. So, so I, I've actually been, you know, impressed. I give it, you know, a a B minus uh, on his play. You know, it's it's not a echelon. but I don't think he's hurting the team by being out there. And he used to be hurting the team when he played. Did you turn your mic off because
0: I can't hear you? I guess I did. Uh, it muted definitely – <laughs> I actually, like, muted every once in a while because there was noise outside my door. But, yeah, no, I actually am not disappointed with this play at all. I really don't feel like he's hurting the team whatsoever. Um, but, like I said, I'll come back and revisit his overall play in a couple of weeks. But the Ducks go back on the power play. The broadcast seemed to notice that the Caps were slow tonight because they mm-hmm. mentioned it quite often. And i got to say, this third period did not look like a team that wanted to storm back and take the game away from Anaheim. The Ducks, very handily and very easily, I felt like, took the game back to the Caps. And, you know, the kid line was doing a lot of it. Every time that Jones and Terry were on the ice, they are flying around. Um, no problems at all getting into the zone, creating chances of that speed. And Terry ends up drawing a penalty there. So, back to the power play. And this is where we get to the skating ability of Cam Fowler i uh, not going to talk about his defensive capability as of late Because I <laughs> haven't really given him enough time to turn it around Since Murray's taken over If that's even going to change anything But uh, what a play here by Cam Fowler on this goal Skating in on the on the uh, far side On the right side dropping in Keeps his hips open the whole time So he's looking for a pass or a shot And then just basically takes a page Out of Ryan Getzloff's book And just zips mm-hmm. a perfect feed over to Corey Perry Clear cut across the ice Splitting the penalty killers <laughs> For the one-timer. Hope he just doesn't have time to even do anything. By the time he turns, yeah. it's already coming out of the net. What a yeah, play that's... by Cam Fowler to make it 4-2, man. Just a beautiful play. And a nice shot by Perry to finish it off.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's good mention, you know just opening the hips a little bit. When, when you're a skater like that, it does a, a couple of things. One, it makes all the, the defenders kind of hold back because they're not sure if it's a pass or if he's going to just continue on and maybe make a chance. You leave yourself open. Uh, Crosby does this really well uh, when he's around the net and it it just it's hard to hit it's hard to pick up what they're going to do same for a goalie goalies thinking "Uh, I'm not sure if he's looking off my defenders what are my defenders going to do with this Uh, but that was just a perfect pass because even if it was you know a little bit slower a little bit in a different spot you know other than what it was hope he could probably get over there he actually had it stick kind of in the area even though it was down and out and that's a hopi like thing to do, to somehow get it with the heel of his stick on a play he has no business stopping. So uh, all in all-in-one motion, Perry fires it, and that's also another key. It's just, it it was bang-bang, quick play. But Fowler's game was noticeably good offensively. The skating ability, I saw him jump in on a lot of plays. If it didn't work out, he was skating back out of the zone really well. I thought him and Delzado actually played a very decent game. But also to the point, Washington... Is one of the worst teams in the third period mm-hmm. going into this game? Their goal differential was minus sixteen. All the other ones, they're, they're pluses in the first and second by tens of goals. So, so it's not a team that that plays all that well in the third period. We got to see that firsthand last time they played. And the Ducks came storming back for a six five win against uh, Washington. I think they're down what four goals, five to one or something like that, and they came back to win it. So. um, the Ducks were just absolutely flying. Uh, I know Oshie didn't play in that third period, too, and that can sometimes create havoc in the lineup. Oh, he's a valuable
0: too. player. I'm sure that caused some sort of problem player. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Ducks go up 4-2. to two. Caps can't stay out of the box. They take another penalty, uh, but the Caps are easily able to kill that one as well. But the Ducks continue to push, and the Ducks get another goal. Their fifth goal of the night goes to Jacob Simmelberg, who else would it go to you tonight? Really, I mean, besides maybe going to one of the kids who I thought pushed really hard, but Jacob Silverberg had a whale of a game, and this shot was just, I mean, Holpi, his expression <laughs> on his face after this one, and Grant comes up the wall, puck gets deflected, he, uh, the defender goes to take out Grant. He has no puck support behind him, which is really unfortunate for Braden Holpi because that's Jacob okay. Silverberg. Carlson's out of position already, and he just rips it over the shoulder, and it's 5-2.
2: Yeah, a couple of uh, keys to that one is one. I didn't know that uh, Jakob Silverberg is also an NBA player, because that was a hell of a jump. Oh, the jump! Grab. All the way up. He had to get every little bit of that frame to just get it, and then be able to drop it down. Puck kind of rolls, which makes the shot even more incredible. The fact that it wasn't really flat and in his wheelhouse. The second part of it was the quickness. You mentioned uh, Hol- uh reaction to it. Just he like barely that. moved that. He barely <laughs> moved that glove, and it was already top shelf. And in. it was put in a beautiful spot. Water bottle goes flying, which everyone loves to see.
0: Everyone loves that. Uh, one. But yeah,
2: Holpi was just like just like he tried to raise it, but he already knew it was past him, and he wasn't deep. He was a, a solid two or three he feet. He came out of the top of the crease. I mean, he challenged, and that shot was so fast, and just right off of there, there was just there's no time to react in that situation they're too close and he just roofed it it was beautiful. well i mean when nice, you buzz nice the
0: play. tower like that you put it by a goalie's head and that's a mm-hmm. tough shot no matter what and the fact that he was able to release it like that it just made all the difference like you said man he, no matter what i hope he would have to be a foot in front of him to stop that he would have to be so he'd close to, to take that away
2: yeah yeah either that or i'd have to guess that it was going there already and the fact that the puck wasn't sitting flat that's hard to read already because you're not quite sure where that puck might even go. It may not even go where Silverberg was planning on putting it. And, uh, you know, so you're, you're kind of almost in a reactionary state. And when it's in the shot that fast from that close in that spot, you just, once again, tip the cap, but it was so funny. All I can still see is Holpe's expression because they have the camera from all the way down. And he just like, he doesn't even look at the puck. It just goes in. He just sits there and goes, there it is. Wow. All right. Well, there's five. Awesome. <laughs> he just like sat on his knees for a while, didn't move, just kept staring forward blankly.
0: <laughs> uh, like I said in our notes here too, it just looked like after I saw that I wrote caps just looked defeated. Because they did. Yeah. After that, it just kinda felt like it was over. Grant would hit a post later in the third period to come close to making it six to two, but the game would end five to two. Very much improved game from Anaheim. Not the the greatest defensive game, but my God, was it nice to see the offense be able to get turned on there, man? I, I yeah, really, like, it really felt good to watch this game and be like, "Yeah, I got to cheer tonight." There's <laughs> holy crap.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told my wife, "No, no, no, put away those depression pills. I got a good one today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a, this is a good one. I finally yeah, felt yeah. a good you, you day. Can
2: put, you can put that away. You know what? Put it in the uh, the medicine cabinet. Might stay there for a while. I don't know. I'm, that's me being extra optimistic. But put it on the um, Tuesday
0: shelf. We might need a Tuesday. Yeah, the
2: Tuesday <laughs> shelf. Yeah. Wait, wait till the next game. Uh, but what what I also liked, uh, you know, it felt a much more complete game from the Ducks. Uh, their scoring chances were crazy in the third period. Over over that, it's like they got the fifth goal. And I'm so used to seeing the Ducks, if they somehow have a lead in the third period, it's prevent defense. I don't care if it's one nothing, 2-1, whatever the score is. If they're up by one or more, they just go into a shell. They just try and clog the, the middle, and they stop whatever was working or possibly working. After we were up 5-2, we're still getting chances. And I saw one particular moment where I'm like, oh, wow, I haven't seen this before this season. And that was the Ducks are up. There's maybe four minutes left. or up by three goals. Their guy goes behind the net. Hold on to the puck, just kind of standing there, not really doing anything. We put Kessler right in front of Holpe and then two other players guarding the wings. We had three guys in the offensive zone, you know, not necessarily forechecking or pushing the issue, but we weren't all back, you know, giving them an outlet to try and figure things out. It was just, we're still in your face. We're still here. So you better start playing because we're not leaving. And that was just nice feeling, cool to kind of see. It was just different. And I like that, Ducks.
0: Would you ever have thought going into this game that the Ducks would actually outchance the Capitals in the house, the high danger area, nineteen to seven in all situations? Nope. Holy nope. hell! Right? I mean,
2: I, I I can't believe that we were we were out shooting them that uh, fourteen to three in the first, and they only had really one um, even strength shot. I thought that was just already amazing. So it was. Uh, a pleasant surprise. And no, I would not have pictured that before this. I would picture, oh, it's a, it's a special ceremony night. They'll disappoint in a very big way.
0: The Ducks almost controlled 62% of the scoring chances in this game. Outshot the Capitals 39-25. to I love trolling our friends on our group text. I totally was bashing the Ducks offense and that. And he comes <laughs> right back and gets upset. And I'm like, I'm over yeah. here laughing because this, this is yeah. a great game. <laughs> Offensively, it was a great yeah. game for Anaheim. A couple defensive lapses. But um, Miller that was able to wash those anyways, up. Anyways, no That's what sense. happens. It's, it's the course yeah. of the game. You can't be perfect. Uh, the Ducks nope. are far from it. But their offense tonight was a beautiful thing. And it came against uh, a pretty good opponent. And whether that opponent had an off night or not, I'm taking it because it was fun to watch. Um, the, the kid line, man, it looked good. They, they were yeah. the second best line, um, uh, you know, according to my favorite stat, the analytics stats, looking at all of the mm. the scoring chances and the, and the possession stats. They were the second Chancy best line to, uh, to the Getzloff line. Getzloff, Perry, <laughs> and Raquel played very, very well tonight. Very, very well. Yeah. So, I mean, even, even I think it was Eric Stevens or Elliot Tieford, one of the two on Twitter, was like, uh, Getzloff's line doing something we saw five years ago tonight. Like, yeah. you're just playing that good
2: yeah and they kept it in the zone too uh they had a lot of good keeps on defense i mean there were there were multiple chances within a single shift uh where once again that's not what has been the norm for the ducks it's been maybe get a shot on goal if you're lucky and it's one and done the other teams usually got it or it's immediately back out and then we're defending for the next you know 25 minutes so it's it's uh it it was definitely good on a lot of different levels a lot of different lines everyone was kind of really kind of pitching in and it was a very complete team game in my opinion i thought every line uh had moments where they shined really well
0: yeah and to the fancy stat lovers the best defender on the ice was cam fowler which is something <laughs> we haven't talked about all year so coo- fine, kudos to cammy there all right and we man. you mentioned it a minute ago we had not even talked about it because this game was so action-packed but this was scott Niedermeyer night the ducks yeah. retired the third jersey in the history of the organization tonight. And we didn't even mention it because this game was a win in an exciting fashion. It, it wasn't like this; they stumbled to victory. It was actually a, somewhat of a, of a pretty dominant performance. But now we get to talk about an all-time great. We get to talk about number 27 who got lifted up to the rafters. Um, You're my favorite. uh and Solani were there tonight, as well as many others in the ceremony. Um, man, what a what, an, what a what a night. What a night for, for Scott Niedermeyer. I think he really, really deserved it. Um, I don't. I I mean, shoot. You you want to talk about winning a cup, but uh, those stories they were telling about him, you know, guiding him through the playoffs and yeah. telling him not, don't go after Daniel and We're not here well, to so do that. Well, well, how do you feel about Scotty?
2: <laughs> how do I feel about? The how do you feel
0: about Scotty? And... Yeah, how do you feel about him? Like, is is he is he somebody you felt should have gone up in the rafters? And you know, was it was it awesome for you, or how did you feel about it? <sighs>
2: Uh, somewhat conflicted in that sense as far as should he go in the rafters um yeah he, hall of famer uh in my opinion uh top three defensemen to ever play the game i gotta throw or lindstrom and him in there. so it's as definitely my...
0: it's definitely nicholas lindstrom scott niedermeyer and then bobby Orr, right <laughs> you just like to say
2: that to piss off a few of our friends <laughs> but um in no particular order uh i have them all three up there they all did the game um
0: how dare just I make a sweet, any, the best defenseman better than
2: anybody else. So um, so anyways, the the thing is, so to not take away from him, it was just, it's hard for me to go for a guy who is known for his time with a, another team. And yeah, he came over and he was great and he was our captain for the seasons. He was here and he, without him, there's no way we win the cup. So I, I tip the cap to that. It's just not something I'd really say, well, that, that jersey should never be worn by another Ducks player ever again uh that that's just one where i kind of go eh, that makes sense in new jersey maybe where he won three cups but not not necessarily here but you know I'm not is he say not without I'm, a I'm doubt the
0: greatest good. defenseman to ever wear a duck sweater
2: yeah like i said the top three all time so then Unless that's why least, they did it right? lynch german or on here
0: <laughs> but that's why but they did
2: I would it say, i think they did it because he was also the captain, captain for he five years best defense yeah, best defenseman you know uh, that we've ever had talent wise and leadership wise but um,
0: he won the concert at, at the year. same
2: time I, I feel a Jersey retirement is is what he has done over his career playing with that organization and though you can add Stanley Cup and captain and a very skilled player it's just he wasn't here for 13 years or 10 years or something like with Korea and so on so
0: that's what I was know. gonna get to he, he played five years. <laughs> and yeah. he was captain for all five of those years mm-hmm. had he played 10 is your opinion different
2: yeah uh, i would um, if he played 10 and we got 10 years of, of watching that greatness don't get me wrong loved the five years that we got with them um you know, it doesn't have to be 10 years. Uh, I think if he was there 7, 8, I mean, I might be nitpicking. I just feel more comfortable if it was 7, 8, or close to half or majority of your career. Solani will always be known as a duck. Korea will always be known as a duck. Scott Niedermeyer will be known as a duck, but more known for everything he did in New Jersey.
0: Yeah, My, I, I opinion, could see you're coming up with that. Uh, he's yeah. he's definitely one of the greats, but I could see your point of view on that. Great night for Scotty though. Uh, lots of memories of him just being able to take control of the game so many times. Remember, you and I growing up watching uh, the Ducks play, then when he came to Anaheim and then bringing, him, bringing the cup in, you know, his first year uh, as the Mighty Ducks captain and not quite getting there, right? Losing to Chris Pronger. And then we get Chris Pronger and then they together bring it around. But it was always a calming factor. I remember you you watch a game, the game gets tight, they play Scott Niedermeyer for 25 minutes. You're like, oh, well,
2: okay. <laughs> Exactly. You <laughs> could just take all that pressure off and just change a game by, by just a shift where he just I just lollygags for a little bit. Couldn't do anything, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, there's a lane, and they just beelines through there, creates a chance, all of a sudden, whatever momentum was going against them, it's going the other way, and he, he could, he could we say how great of a skater Kev Fowler is, Scott Niedemeyer was even more effortless, he could skate backwards faster than he could skate forward, and that's insane, <laughs> So and he was just smart about everything, so uh, you, you can't replace that intelligence, and it's one of those things where it's like, uh-oh, that shot's coming, and he'll just, like, knock it down with a stick. You know, before it is now so commonplace with eye-hand coordination. He, he could do that all the time. He would make the poke check at the right time. The leg would be in the way for a block at the right time. He'd find the open guy or he'd be that open guy. Or he'd just be on the side of the net and the puck shoots right to him. Somehow he gets it and it goes in.
0: I mean, yeah, his first year with Anaheim, he had 63 points. second year, 69 points was the year they won the Cup just unbelievable effort from him year in and year out here in Anaheim. And throughout his career, he was just an outstanding performer. So it was nice to see his jersey get retired. Now, we definitely have fan questions about other players being retired hmm. and other questions coming here, which we'll get to. Just a couple more postgame notes before we get to those. But Eric Stevens asked on Twitter, after Jacob Silverberg scored his second of the night, getting his team leading 15th, his third in his last four games, trade, sign, trade, sign was the Twitter uh, message there by Eric Stevens. And I know that um, I think you and I, Eddie, are all on the same page. I'm still trading him at this point in his career. It's based on his age and what he's expecting. If this is a twenty one year old Jacob Silverberg, sign him. Yeah. If it's a twenty eight Jacob Silverberg return turned twenty-nine, trade him. Which yeah. is <laughs> what he is Yeah. Has. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm kind of
2: a, I'm I'm am not as hundred percent Sold on the idea, but I think it's the right one either way. I almost want him to be better. I think for the same same reasons uh, that uh, Bob Murray is really reluctant to trade him and just wants to re-sign him. At least that's what it's been said that he's wor- you know he's working on re-signing him. I think it's because they they traded away Bobby Ryan and they got he was the he was the other piece coming back and that's the piece we were hoping to do better. He is streaky. He does get injured from time to time he does have a streaking goal scoring wise at least uh he's a good two-way uh forward which you know that's there's value there as well uh but yeah i think the window for what he can do is probably past. Uh, but when he has games like this and he's doing it in front of bob murray who's on the coach that probably ends up going a long way for bob murray uh especially if the ducks keep winning and uh he's a contributor of that you, you'll probably try and see him re-sign him if he can. Doesn't um, that play into probably...
0: Silverberg's hand more, though? Like, look how much money I'm worth. I'm the only guy scoring. I lead your team in goals, Bob. What do you it mean really you're not going to give me a 6 by Bob's, 6
2: What Bob's mindset is, and I don't know if him being a coach now and then the team's actually looking decent, if he's starting to go like, well, hey, we're only five points out of a playoff spot now. Do we want to trade our top goal scorer um, and you know at least maybe try and make it into the playoffs? Who knows? I don't think it's the right avenue. But now that he's a coach and he's in there, he might like the fact that he's winning and might want to try and uh, bump up his uh, coaching credentials before he uh, calls it quits after the season. I don't know. It just depends what he wants to do, where he feels the team is. But he's usually pretty good. At reading where the team is and if they're worth it. And he's he's not really gonna do anything that's gonna hurt them long term. So if he signs them, he he's gonna probably try and sign him for cheap. And hopefully um that cheapness will uh you know, and he gets back to goal scoring a little bit more, a little bit more often.
0: Silverberg's literally Silverberg. gonna look at Ryan Kessler's contract and look at Ryan Kessler's stats and be like, What's up, man? I think I drove that bus. I don't think Kessler drove that bus when we were good. I think <laughs> um, I did. Look how good I am still. Well, if you, yeah. you, you're gonna pitch everything you possibly can if you're you if could. you're Jacob Silverberg's agent as to as to how much of a better hockey player he is and deserves six million dollars, which I think is probably what he's gonna ask for. That's and I've heard and, they were far apart. It's hilarious that you heard like from uh from insiders that they're far apart, and then you hear Bob Murray go, We're gonna you know, we're gonna sign yeah. him and then Silverberg's yeah. like, I don't well, want to go they, anywhere else. Any day now. Like, oh, God, Jesus.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's, they play it all in front of the press. And, you know, that's that's the game that they all end up playing. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little tough for me to think that all of a sudden we sign Silverberg for five or six million and uh, he's going to start producing 50, 60 points and uh, he's going to be a goal-scoring threat because, I mean, he's got a good shot. It just – in my opinion, he's a little too streaky and unreliable. And I, if if there's still someone who wants to try and take him at the trade deadline, you can get good returns for it. It just depends what the market is. I think it'll happen really quick, depending on who is the bigger free agent or uh, trade that happens at the trade deadline, and teams start to try and react to that. And they there there may not be a lot of you know defensive forward two way players that can you know should be able to score goals like Silverberg. So I mean, it could be a rental for somebody that's willing to trade a high draft pick.
0: I mean, it's it's just going to come down to what he's going to be worth come trade deadline, right? It's just and that you're going to want that you're going to want that draft pick. That's what Bobby's going to want to grab if he's going to grab anything. He's going to want a first round pick. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and get to our fan questions here. We we're almost at the hour mark, so let's get Ooh. started on those. Actually, real quick, anybody yeah. who booed, if you were at the game tonight uh. and listening to the show. And you had the balls to boo when Scott Niedermeyer was giving credit to Randy Carlisle for coaching the O six O seven Stanley Cup team. You can f right off. Let it go. Yeah. That's that's that was the happy days. Don't crap on the happy days. Just because Carlisle doesn't fit in today's NHL doesn't mean that you have to go boo him from you know twelve years ago. Let it go. It's ridiculous.
2: I can't believe you're a Carlisle sympathizer. You have. Oh, are that. you kidding you me? I got fooled. so
0: much crap on YouTube for crapping on the organization about that. Come on, give me a break. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, the only reason I would think fans might do it, well, two, there there could be the uneducated fans, you know, know just a little bit, wanted to yell at the coach, but it might have also been the fans only time to voice their opinion on carlisle and so maybe they did it i don't think it's a real smart thing It pulls away from uh everything there was Scott like there was doing. like
0: crap on the internet saying that was gonna happen i'm like on."
2: yeah mob mentality you know yeah let's do it let's do that you know and it, it didn't matter you know the only way that gets avoided is do either you... if the team wasn't sucking or if carlisle was fired a long time ago do
0: you find it hilarious that paul Correa didn't get booed but randy carlisle who wasn't even there Got booed during Scott Niedermeyer's <laughs> yeah. Jersey retirement ceremony. Why would Korea get booed? Oh, because, because of all the, ba- the all, of- all the stuff that happened oh, prior. Yeah. Like Everyone was saying, we're going to go there and boo him, F him. Never, You're never welcome back to the pond. I was like, no. oh, God. And then we were there, yeah. and nothing happened. Scott, yeah. he says, Carlisle and i was like ooh was like five or six it's people a little, in the crowd a little too soon. I,
2: yeah so uh, yeah it was like I, six like I people said, I, I think maybe maybe it's uh you know a few people that just wanted to voice their opinion cuz they don't feel heard or it took so long so they wanted to what you know just get their last me? little last little jab i'm not condoning it I'm just saying that's a possibility um I, I found it funny though that like everyone else had prepared statements, and then Solani was just just rifting whatever he could with Paul, and just, he just trying riffed. to like come up with. Kept looking back at him, trying to talk to him, and it's like, Dude, everyone's like facing forward. At least Paul's a good sport, and so is uh, uh, Meyer. But it was kind of funny just watching them both go up there, and you know you got jokester, improv master of extraordinaire over here, <laughs> and you got Paul Correa just trying to reel him in.
0: Got have got to keep control of Timu. <laughs> Uh, So one of the questions on on, uh, Instagram here is, why is Corey Perry so effing good? That comes from Ice Tigers Forever. I think Corey Perry used to be really effing good um, Mm -hmm. and had a good game tonight for sure. That's what I'll say about him there. It it was good to see him score, man, and he was stoked about it.
2: Yeah, I love the way he scored. Do you? Yeah, he scored, and then he almost had to stick sheathed like he holds the it. sword. Yeah, he put the he the the sword away like a three musketeers on one knee, giving a good little point over to Cam Fowler. Thanks for that pass. Oh, dude, he uh,
0: loved that. He followed him. He was yeah, like, he was, he dude, the he was stick holding that post for a while and then pointed right at him. Oh, it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> beautiful thing. Yeah.
2: So so yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised how he's playing. But we'll see. You know, kind of going forward, if he kind of gets anywhere close to. What he was maybe a couple of years ago, but uh, he's looking better in my opinion, better than I thought.
0: Then uh, Chris Chris Valdivia from Instagram says, "With the Ducks now having five now five points back, do you see them still having a shot at the last wild card spot?" Um, yes, and I don't think yeah. they should go for it though. I, I don't think that that should be any indication. They've played this bad for how long, and their five points back should tell you a lot about the division. And should let you know that them going to the playoffs does nothing but bring in a couple extra bucks. They're still going to get dominated come playoff time.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, It's crazy to me that, that they are that close. In my opinion, yes. Same thing. Uh, they can make it in. Uh, I would be surprised if they make it in. Um, unless this team really has kind of turned a corner. And I won't say turned a corner, but a light switch kind of turned on inside them. That, that Carlisle firing might have done something to just kind of, get their butts in gear or having bob murray behind the bench get their butts in gear because this team has always had the talent like on paper they they looked, you know good i mean play, they should be playing a lot better than they have this whole season um i'm starting to see some of that but i'm not sold it's too 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 little too late in my opinion um they got a lot of ground to make up and the fact their goal differential is just god awful i mean if they could if they can play the Capitals like the rest of the season,
0: oh yeah, I have a then, great chance.
2: Then they'd be would be awesome. But uh, yeah, even if they get in and it's in a wild card spot, you're looking at Vegas, San Jose, or Calgary at this point. Um, although we've had great success against Calgary uh, in past seasons, uh, this is a better, quicker Calgary team than we've been used to seeing. So um, I don't think it bodes well because it lose out on a lot of good draft picks that they could possibly get. Um, all just to get into the playoffs and probably be bounced in the first round all uh, last year.
0: So Chad Clevenger from Instagram Graham, uh, he wrote to us and said, Is Henrique the new Kessler?
2: No, no you're talking about two <laughs> different types of players. Well, I mean uh, Kessler, I mean like I
0: guess you in like production level, I guess you could say he's he, gonna he, take like, that I role,
2: right? I think he's the number two center right now. And right? That, that used to be Kessler's job. Um, Kessler was a, a face off wizard. Henrique uh, is average um Kessler is far more defensive and an agitator that, that could also plot goals um and a shutdown guy Henrik can play responsibly on defense uh he doesn't put up as many points or as many goals as Kessler has in the past I don't so know that's gonna... that's that's tough yeah it's it's a tough one but i mean you know it's, they, they they don't play they're not the same players uh, in my opinion Henrique has moments where he can shine and score goals and looks a lot more offensive but he's not as gritty or grindy i would say as kessler is that you're not going to really see Henrique too often bury his nose like on that power play goal where he scored he was kind of outside and just kind of knifing in with the stick he wasn't in on top of it holding people up trying to kick it loose getting a goalie's face it's it's not really Henrik's style so I think he's our number two center kind of moving forward but um you know if he's not traded but he's he brings different things than Kessler does and I mean he's, he's a 20 Kessler goal guy
0: <laughs> he's a 20 goal guy every yeah. year Henrik except for this season he's only got 10 uh the rest yeah. of the team's been pretty bad but I mean last year Uh, 2017 2018 he had 24 goals and 26 points or 26 assists for 50 points season prior 40 points season prior 50 season 43 again season 43 again so he's he's a productive guy he's i think he's definitely that that second line center um he's not like uh he's not an elite center by any means but he he's a role center and i think he's really good at his role uh, but, like you said, I, I think Kessler in his prime was more of a shutdown guy. He could also score. He's a better two way defender and offensive guy. Yeah, I think, guy he, I than think he had a
2: 40 goal season at one point. So
0: Ryan Kessler?
2: Yeah. yeah, I think so. I believe so. I mean, I think that was back in the Vancouver days. But, um, you know, his progressions that, or his, his point production is, is fallen off as his injuries have kind of taken over. He's also not playing as many games. So um, I think he's moved, like I said, I think Henrique's moved into the second center role, but I don't think he's the next kessler because he's just that's not that's not a skill set a skill set's not that grindy agitator type
0: let's see let's get over to twitter and see if we got anything there if not we can hop into chat i can't see youtube chat eddie if you want to pop in somehow um somewhere (laughs) if you're watching youtube and you want to throw them in our in our uh, twitter dms it'd be great but if not that's Okay. okay um i gotta ask you bombay in our chat said uh said that uh ryan miller is 50 wins away from breaking and which seems like a lot because it is 50 wins away as a goaltender is a lot
1: especially at
0: ryan miller's age uh from breaking into the top 10 all time for goaltenders do you think he does it
2: no not that he's uh, it depends if he wants to keep playing um it's going to be hard for teams to want to take him unless it's a backup role um it's gonna be really hard for him to be a starter and he's also very selective of where he wants to go he doesn't want to leave southern california his, his wife is an actress so his family's here it's where he wanted to be uh two or three years ago uh but the ducks they they had freddie and they had gibby so they didn't really have room for him so he went to vancouver for a little while so now now he got an opportunity to be backup that's his new role. It's extremely difficult unless he plays another four seasons as a backup and they uh, someone wants him as a backup for four years uh, where he can maybe get into that 50-win mark. So it would be tough for him to crack the top 10, in my opinion. Not impossible because you look at what he's doing at 38, he looks like a stud still. So, uh, But it, it's going to be a tall order because he's not playing number one goalie unless it. Yeah, he's just not going to be playing in Southern California and that's where he wants to play.
0: So Garrett on Twitter says, five points out of a playoff spot with 23 games left. The team tonight looked like a team that should be in the playoffs and could actually make it past the first round. Is it too late or do the Ducks have time to work their magic? I think that tonight, Jay, I I feel like tonight was just a good night. Things kind of went their way against a Caps team that wasn't playing well. And I'm not trying to take anything away from, anything away from Anaheim, but to think that they're going to come in and make some noise in the playoffs is a big ask of this lineup. Even even if they sneak in, big ask.
2: Yeah, once again, like I said earlier, when they get in, they're still in trouble. They they can't compete against Vegas. They have yet to to show me anything against Vegas that makes me think they I think they beat Vegas once one time uh, other than that that was last year other than that they when they play them they get dominated absolutely whether they get blown out score-wise or they just are just barely able to to see them way in front of them i mean they just can't play that speed against that team um san jose is better than they were last year as far as personnel and we got swept in the first round and the ducks were arguably a much better better team at the end of last season when they kind of charged into the playoffs uh, than they are now. And uh, so I don't think they compete against San Jose and Calgary. It might be the only one only just because we have maybe that swagger against them. But other than that, on paper, once again, that's a long shot. So if those are your prospects of getting in. um, You're not going far. So I, I don't care if they're playing a little bit well right now. Washington is not playing well, so you can't, unless I'm seeing this consistently against teams in our division or our conference, I'm reserving judgment that they're going to get in and if they're going to get in and actually be good. Because uh, you know, once you get into tournament style or you get that playoff format, it's easy to start cracking down and tighten things down, and they're already tough to score goals.
0: So Brett says, why can't we even tank properly? This team could be great. <laughs> Drops to the bottom of the pack. This team could land Hughes. Starts playing real hockey again. That's how we feel, too. That's exactly how yeah, I feel, too.
2: that's a good point. I don't think anyone wants to tank, and especially uh, right now, the Ducks have been told by Bob Murray. He's like, show me something. Because if you're not showing me something, uh, I'm moving you. And, uh, you know, and it even seems like he's willing to ask Getzloff to waive his no trade. I don't think he would. But, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, seems like anything's a possibility at this point. So, that's a quick way to light a fuse under someone's ass and get them playing again, whether it's for the next contract or if it's to stay here in your home.
0: <laughs> so, tabernacle on Twitter says, Terry, Jones, and Shore have had some really great chances and sequences lately. What are your guys' opinions of their gameplay as of late? And is anyone else standing out to you? Um, for me, it's Max Jones. I just, he's a guy I have noticed every single night since he started playing period. And Devin, Devin, shore has been okay. He's had some chances here and there. He's definitely not the dynamic type when you're looking at a Terry or Jones prospect level player, but, uh, Max Jones for my money has been the kid that looks so ready to jump up to the NHL next season.
2: Yeah. Uh, he's one, uh, Terry, in my opinion, he's there too. Um, he's, he's got the speed. He's got a good shot. He's, he's, he said, he's he's now at a point where he knows he can kind of play in the NHL. But when he's out there, he's hustling after pucks. He's doing a four check. I mean, just a lot of things are, are going right with both of those guys. Like you said, sure, Uh he's kind of hit or miss. He can play well some nights, some nights he doesn't. Same with Sprong. I, I like him as well. And even Derek Grant, the, they're not as consistent, in my opinion, as terry and max jones max jones has more of the body and the style that the ducks like to play but it's it's they're here next season in my opinion i don't see why you keep them in the ahl since they dominate down there anyways and they play really well together so i feel that uh those are the guys that uh, you're kind of looking right now glimpse at the future
0: yeah it's a it's a good one for those two players in my opinion as well Uh, uh, McCann says is there an unwritten rule where if a jersey number isn't retired players still respect a particular one enough not to wear it that's a tough one because I think it depends more or less where you play I feel Mm -hmm. like at a big market like Boston you're not going to wear a jersey number that maybe is beloved there but if you come to Anaheim and besides number 8 I think any number was available prior to that (laughs) that's the only one that no one was going to touch
2: yeah um yeah i I don't think so because everyone kind of moves on at some point and um you know uh, as far as their careers and unless you know they were beloved and played exceptionally well for a long period of time like for example You could even say, you know, for a lot of people, Cogliano is that person uh, that a lot of fans really adored. But I guarantee you, at some point, somebody else will come in and wear a Cogliano number. Oh, yeah, wear number seven, At some some point, you can't – you'll have so many players play over so long a period of time that you can't just, out of respect, even though it's not in the rafters, I'm not going to do it. You're going to start running out of numbers at some point. The way the Ducks are retiring numbers nowadays, they may run out of numbers anyways. But, uh, you know, it's it, it'll be kind of generational. So, I mean, you maybe don't see a Cogliano replacement next season or the season after. But instead of talking four or five years down the road, people who don't really remember Cogliano or weren't fans when he was around or for the whole time he was around, there's there's not that that belovedness of the number anymore. So, unless it's something that's in the rafters, I think every number is pretty much fair game. Maybe give it its due time. If the player just left, but...
0: So, another question that uh, has come through chat was How close are we to seeing Jean Sebastian Jaguar getting retired?
2: That's the one I probably would have pegged ahead of Niedermeyer just because of uh, how great Jaguar played. Uh, it's, you know, during the, his tenure here and the fact that he was uh, one of Smythe in the year that we didn't win the cup. Uh, which is very rare for the losing team to have the, uh, you know, the MVP of the playoffs get the consummate. But then uh, he was arguably one of our best players, if not for Scott Niedermeyer in the cup run. And once again, he's one of those guys that I really, I I couldn't consider him to be an all-star or hall of famer, in my opinion. I I think he's, you know, a little bit below that. He was dominant for such a long time. Uh, But I also feel that he's one of those guys that, he was good enough and almost Hall of Fame worthy. And you know him because of what he did in Anaheim. He was an Anaheim duck. It's not what he did in Calgary or not what he did in Toronto or mm-hmm. Colorado. It was what he did in Anaheim. So I would have pegged him probably before I would have taken Scott Niedemeyer. Uh, but you kind of split hairs a little bit. That's just my take on how put, retiring a number should work.
0: I, I could see that I, I would agree with you I think John Javash and Jaguar probably should have went before Scotty we probably should have went before Scotty Nemar I agree do you think, I, do I think you a think lot he of fans, gets it retired yeah I, I think you have to kind of retire jage be a few was, years
2: out from here but yeah
0: I mean he didn't have the most amazing numbers right in yeah. his career he wasn't like um at the same level atemu Solani or Scott Netamar were for their position when they played. Which, I mean, right? But, I mean, I think with jersey retirement is more or less kind of like, what have you done for the team, not what have you done for the league? you are not yeah. you're we're not asking Jaguar to go to the Hall of Fame. We're asking Jaguar to go to the Rafters in Anaheim, um, yeah. which is a lot more feasible when you're talking about greatness. If you're talking about greatness on a team, it's easier to put a player that doesn't have those insane numbers um, overall for their career up in the Rafters. So I, I could definitely see that. Whereas, like you look at Scotty and Solani uh, and even Paul – they were probably the best at their position at some point in their career. I mean, clearly Tamu and Scotty, were. it's arguable for Paul. I know a lot of people kind of like to push back on Paul Korea. Even yeah. I was on the borderline, even he's my favorite player ever about getting him to the hall, but I was glad he went because yeah. he was a point per game guide. I thought, you know, he's dominant enough played in all-star games and, and, uh, did enough in his career to get that. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think is going to get there. I do think he's going to get there for sure.
2: Yeah, he'll get there. You know, I, haven't, I haven't seen a single goalie uh, where 35 since he was here. That might be one of those numbers where everyone kind of just – the goalies just don't really touch it. Um, so if it's not touched for long enough, I guess kind of say why not um, at this point. But, uh, yeah, I feel like he, he should – have his number in there i just don't know when it'll be uh they've done you know three in the last three years so i think years. they're probably going to take yeah. a, a little breather two this year that's kind of crazy so um you know we'll, we'll, we'll probably wait and see but uh, i feel at some point he'll get his due because he's still still beloved people think of him fondly here so i mean it's it's hard to kind of take that away
0: well that is it for us on tonight's show Shout out to uh, CoolHockey.com That's the one that gives away the jerseys For you guys who participate in the Forever Mighty 3 star leaderboard in every single game We post the questions, you answer them You get points, we tally up those points Or Ed tallies up, uh, up those points In his Canadian way And is able to come up with some sort of scheme On who wins at the end <laughs> Apparently it's people have picks. the most points Something like that <laughs> But uh, coolhockey.com, go check them out. Use our our, uh, our forever mighty code, FM20, to get you 20% off any jersey there. They customize them all. They're legit, and yes. they're they're awesome. I mean, and no one who's gotten one from us has had any sort of complaints whatsoever. They're, they're, they're perfect jerseys coming from coolhockey.com, so go check them out. Yep. And then also check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also our Patreon feed as well. Um, we're doing a lot of bonus shows there every month, four to be exact. Plus, watch parties, which uh, we are doing one March 23rd against the Kings. That's the next uh, watch party show. The location is being solidified as we speak. We'll have more information on that as we get closer to the date. We'll probably announce that here towards the end of the month on a permanent place, time, and all. um, Once we get some special items on the happy hour menu figured out. Once I get that figured out, 100%, we'll announce that. Um yep. Gene, it's gonna be fun. So yes, I'm we'll looking forward to it. We're I gonna guess, have a lot
2: of prizes on that one. We're kinda of gearing things up to make sure that happens.
0: Yeah, especially if we get this win streak going right? Get back into the yeah. playoffs. Oh, no, let not do that. Oh, sure. Let's just as long as we win that day. <laughs> if we win that day, it'll be a happy day. Yeah, I don't want to lose against get the Kings well, All right. guys, Unless,
2: unless it's for Hughes.
0: Right. Yeah, if you had to lose oh, yeah. the rest of the games to you get Jack Hughes, that's a that's a good that's a good prize. into the tunnel. That's I'll a tough yeah, post game yeah, show win, I guess. for the next twenty three games. But uh <laughs> but yeah. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys here on Tuesday night. Have a good one. Bye guys.